0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for a three-part mini-series on well-being and resiliency in pharmacy education. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in both their personal and professional lives. My name is Amber Douglas. I'm a mental health pharmacist practitioner for the Clinical Resource Hub in VISN 1 in the VA. I'm also a member of ASHP's Section Advisory Group on Postgraduate Education and Learning Experiences, and I'm excited to introduce this podcast series. This will be a three-part conversation with experienced pharmacy educators, well-being leaders, and recent participants in ASHP's Well-Being Ambassador Program. This session is part three of the series, and we'll focus on well being and resiliency from the perspective of a residency program director. I will now turn it over to our moderator for this session.
1: Thank you, Amber. Hi, everyone. My name is Andy Kim. I'm a clinical pharmacy specialist and PGY2 critical care pharmacy residency program director at Denver Health Medical Center, and I will be your host for today's episode. With me is Dr. Gabriela Douglas, clinical pharmacist and residency program director at RCARE. She is an experienced educator and participant in the ASHP Well-being Ambassador Program. Let's get started talking about today's topic, well-being and resiliency in pharmacy practice. So my first question, Gabriela, is what prompted you to get involved with well-being and resilience initiatives as a leader and educator?
2: Well, thank you so much for having me, Andy. Um, And this is a great question. Um, And I have really two catalytic factors that drove me to participate in well-being and resiliency program. Uh, Firstly, I realized the importance of promoting these initiatives to help individuals achieve their maximal potential. So I've experienced the detrimental effects um, of stress and burnout firsthand. And that really has set a Aspired me to encourage a healthier work-life balance for my residents, knowing that this would help enhance their disposition to deal with stress, improve their focus, their productivity, and foster a positive work environment that would give them a chance to reach their full potential. Secondly, I learned that healthcare professionals' well-being and resiliency significantly affect patient outcomes. So when nurtured, when we're supported, satisfied, and optimally functioning, as healthcare professionals, we provide top-tier care, positively impacting our patients. Uh, however, when we are not, uh, when we're overworked, stressed, or burned out, uh, it really can dramatically compromise our ability to provide exceptional care, and it's depriving our patients of the full benefits of our knowledge and experience. Therefore, by prioritizing well-being and resilience of my residents, who as learners and um, members of the healthcare team, I saw the potential for this to have uh, profound and far-reaching effects. Um, and these initiatives would accomplish two things. One, it would help improve patient outcomes. Um, and two, it would foster a positive work environment. Um, the tone of this emanating from um, efforts of hope Vitality and determined optimism. And really what I was going for, Andy, was for a win-win.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, my next question is how have you expanded your understanding of well-being and resiliency, you know, both as a practitioner and an educator? And are there any educational programs or resources that have been most helpful in your journey?
2: So, yeah, as a practitioner and educator. Um, I've always believed in expanding my understanding of well-being and resiliency. Uh, My top priority is to stay current on research and best practices um, to provide really the best possible support to my patients, so that's that practitioner hat that I wear, and residents as uh, the residency program director. And over time, I realized to truly make a difference in the lives of those I serve, I needed to take uh, my education to the next level. And so I decided to enroll in the Well-Being Ambassador Program um, offered by ASHP. And really, this program proved to be a game changer for me. It provided me uh, with a comprehensive overview. I love learning about the science, really, of well-being and resiliency, um, giving me the knowledge and skills necessary to then apply strategies for enhancing well-being and resiliency in my personal life and professional life. I'm excited, too, um, to take some of the information I've learned on um, redesigned work system approaches and cultures to sustain healthcare professionals' well-being and resilience and really discuss those with other members of my team and senior leadership as we move our organization, our care's organizational culture, into one of well-being. And I really do believe that the work we do uh, will make a difference in the lives of our patients and our employees. And I'm really honored to be a part of this change or the, of making this change in our organization. Other things, as far as, you know, looking out for my fellow practitioners and educators out there, really, I want to encourage you to take your education to the next level. And so something like the Wellbeing Ambassador Programs, it may be a challenge, uh, but the rewards you'll reap are immeasurable. And most importantly is together, we really can make a difference in the lives of all of those who need us.
1: Gabriela, one question I had for you is, you know, how did you find out about the ASHP Wellbeing Ambassador Program? Was this something that was referred to you or is this something that you found on your own?
2: So, again, like I have been on the search for both from a personal perspective and then uh, for my residents, for my uh, student uh, and, and student learners about um, what are resources out there and what is um, something that I can do to make sure that I'm providing uh, the best possible learning environment uh, for my residents. And um, as a member of ASHP, I saw the opportunity to join the wellbeing ambassador program. I also have this sort of um, understanding that uh, our world is constantly changing. And so is our understanding of what it takes for us to stay healthy and happy. And so I um, joined the well-being ambassador program, but I also make sure to attend conferences and workshops that focus specifically on well-being and resiliency. I love to network with other people who um, are interested in the topic um, and I get information about books to read or, you know, leaders on this uh, topic Uh, that really um, have expanded my knowledge and understanding of well-being and resiliency. So really knowing the extent of the problem of burnout and seeing how and why we got to this point and being part of the solution.
1: Great, thank you for that. My next question um, I think is one that is near and dear to my heart as a fellow residency program director, but um, how do you incorporate Uh, The well being and resiliency principles for both yourself, your colleagues, and then importantly, your learners.
2: Yeah, Andy. So, like, I started off devoting a lot of my time to understanding well being and resiliency. I think that's like the first thing. I'm like, let me learn more about this. What is this and what is it about? And uh, what I realized, the biggest thing um, that came to the surface of that research was that I must care for myself, um, to be the best practitioner and educator. Um, that m- meant taking t- making time uh, for my physical and mental health, enjoying hobbies, and spending time with loved ones. And so now I have a lot of uh, different ways of uh, to unwind um, by exercising. So I love taking long walks, um, playing with my kiddos. But most importantly, of course, for me is having time with my family and friends. And uh, really spending time with them reminds me why I do what I do um, fulfilling my personal mission to help others feel loved healthy and supported um, and by being able to take that time uh, with my family and for myself I'm better equipped to do to do that as far as you know going to my colleagues I really also want to be there for my colleagues and create a positive work environment um, that's why I've Try to make it a priority to foster open communication and collaboration among my coworkers. Uh, we all really need to be able to talk about our challenges that we face and work together to find solutions. And encouraging them to take uh, breaks with me um, to go on lunch, to actually take our lunch and go um, and take some time away from work, and prioritizing self care. As far as my residents, um, really. Sh- striving to create a welcoming and safe learning environment uh, where they feel valued and supported. Those two uh, are so important uh, to their learning and nurturing and um, started to incorporate mindfulness and stress-reducing activities into some of my learning activities for the residents. And in doing so, I am helping to promote their overall well-being and resilience. I also provide my residents with various mental health resources if they need any extra support. And, you know, everyone's needs differ. And I want to make sure that they have access to the tools they need uh, to, to feel their best. Um, that's very, very important to me um, as, a, as their mentor. And, I'm, yeah, it's great to be able to offer them with resources. And I think you know taking care of ourselves and others is really the key to creating healthy and thriving work and learning communities. Andy, I think this is, you know, whether we're um, in a clinical practice or we're an academic practice, we really need to be creating these communities where we are prioritizing our well-being, res- resiliency, our coworkers, ourselves, our residents, so that we can foster a positive and supportive environment that really will benefit everyone involved.
1: Awesome, thank you for those examples. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think sort of modeling um, that behavior as a pharmacist and as a residency program director um, to our learners is extremely important. I think, um, taking the time to talk about those things and being able to, uh, balance out, you know, residency expectations with personal fulfillment is, uh, really important discussions to have. And obviously these are discussions, um, that probably happen, um, both in the formal and non-formal setting. And so being able to talk about those things, I mean, they're obviously not um, goals and expectations that are tied to you know residency program achievement, but they are important things that I think um, certainly need to be talked about. So thank you for your uh, for your opinions on that. Um, my next question is, what would you say is the biggest well-being and resilience misconception or challenge you have experienced so far?
2: So, um, and I think, this was a misconception that i held on to for a while and i think one of the most prevalent misunderstandings about well-being and resiliency is the notion that resilience requires a constant unyielding push to exceed one's limits and the never-ending pursuit of a life free of negative emotions and setbacks it's like well i you know cannot have negative emotions if i'm having negative emotions you know that's a setback and so it would you know spiraling into that negative um, adaptations, right, or coping skills um, for those negative emotions, Um, and then realizing that this couldn't be further from the truth, and that the essence of resilience doesn't lie in a rejection of negativity, but an acknowledgement of it, and that true resilience, in fact, demands a willingness to confront. So um, I've learned to be able to confront and process negative emotions and setbacks, and uh, bounce back from adversity in a healthy, sustainable, and ultimately fulfilling way. And so I feel like, you know, for those, you know, out there who are struggling with this, uh, knowing that um, negative emotions and setbacks are, you know, things that we all experience, but the ability to take those negative emotions and setbacks and bounce back in a healthy, sustainable way, really cultivating that ability can help us overcome obstacles and emerge stronger and more adaptive than before.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I think, um, you know, normalizing that we all experience different emotions and being able to acknowledge that reality that you know, sometimes, you know, as a resident, you know, life is busy, and it's stressful, and it's okay to acknowledge that and to to be able to normalize it. And so I I totally agree with your, your comment there.
2: Yeah, life is filled with moments of difficulty and disappointment, whether it's it could be work. And I think, you know, it's a lot of where we, you know, might see our residents struggle with is what they're facing at home. But What's happening in their personal life, what's happening in our personal life, filled relationships or, you know, personal setbacks Um, and, you know, really allowing uh, oneself to feel and process those emotion um, is the beginning to understanding and gaining the tools needed to overcome them. And that's one of the things that I learned through the well-being ambassador program is kind of that art of bouncing back in a healthy and sustainable way. And that, you know, what we maybe were taught at some point, and I don't know who taught this or if this is just, you know, kind of what's been ingrained in our, um, in our nature, um, but it's that if we constantly push oneself to the brink of exhaustion, right, um, that that's the approach um, that we should take to get things done, but it is not sustainable in the long run. And so there, it's got to be, and especially for our residents, how do we teach them to learn to balance their drive and ambition with self-care and relaxation?
1: Yeah, those are just great comments to sort of tie in there is that, you know, getting going back to, you know, the residents that we have and the learners that we have are with us with a short period of time. And, you know, being able to, Uh, provide mentorship for them, both on a personal and professional level, is, you know, extremely satisfying as program directors. And so, you know, I think uh, not only can we help them professionally um, and clinically, but I think we can also teach them, you know, healthy habits of the good balance of, you know, work and life.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think, too, we acknowledge that uh, there are challenges to that. There are external factors that we can't control. So things, you know, within organization or, you know, EMR, electronic health record issues, or, you know, things that do weigh upon us. But there are so many, there are things that we can do or internal factors that we can work on or can um, help, that will help us cultivate well-being and resiliency. Um, You know, and it's things like gratitude, um, positive relationships and a sense of purpose and so I think about you know and kind of future casting now with you know picturing myself with my residents and uh, during one of our meetings of maybe having a session of let's um, have uh, a time to at the end of the day to share something that you're thankful for so incorporating you know having that attitude of gratitude and uh, I think you know then fostering those deeper relationships with them um, by asking them, you know, just a simple question of, "What are you thankful for today?" And um, yeah, I think those though, um, and there is a lot of and I've, I've learned that there is a, a, gratitude is really a powerful tool. Um, and those who tend to gratitude daily, um, it, there's science there to show that they experience a greater sense of happiness and well-being than those who don't. And so when I think about, oh, where can I start? you know, right there, attitude of gratitude. That's going to, I think that's going to be my thing uh, for my incoming class is how do we start off the year with that as maybe a theme.
1: Fantastic. Thank you for those perspectives. Okay. um, This is my final question. Um, Do you have any parting advice uh, for others in leadership?
2: So, um, gosh, yeah, so I've read so many um, I love reading books on um how to be a better leader, or books on um, leaders, biographies um of and all of that. and but at the end of probably every book I've read or the you know, overriding theme is that leading by example is the most critical principle of all. The value of um or when when my residents see me, as their leader, embody the attitudes. And I think you even talked about this, Andy. When we embody the behaviors, attitudes, and values they're expected to adhere to, it really sets the standard for their behavior. Uh, But not just that, right? It creates a sense of trust and respect between me and my residents. Um, The other piece that I'm learning and uh, parting, you know, the last kind of parting advice is, Um, that I am still learning is the ability to listen um, and, you know, so effectively communicate by actively listening and um, seeking feedback uh, from my uh, residents and team members and, yeah, building then a culture of openness and collaboration with the team by them knowing that I'm not just, you know, that I'm actually listening to what they're saying and uh, responding to their concerns and the last thing then, too, it's that it's not all work and no play. Uh, having uh, achievement days or recognizing team members. I know, um, you know, through Microsoft um, Teams, I believe there is a way for you to um share or post something about a success and and give kudos to somebody, you know, I think those things uh, can go a long way in helping us um, celebrate, uh, but also create a positive work environment. And ultimately, as leaders, it's all about us guiding and supporting team members to achieve their best work. And if we practice these some principles, we can really inspire our residents, our teams, uh, to work uh, together effectively and achieve great things.
1: Fantastic. Thank you again uh, for all of those perspectives. And that's all the time that we have today. I want to thank Gabriella for joining us today to discuss well-being in pharmacy practice and education. If you haven't had the chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org, where you can learn more about our partnership with the National Academy of Medicine resources to promote wellness and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here each month for more on wellness and resilience.
0: Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe Rate or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.